You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and you are listening to Words of Jen, episode number... 74. This one is called Updates. If you're wondering why there was a gap in release of this, if you're listening to it in real time and not picking it up sometime later, I have two podcasts that I do now. I do the Words of Jen podcast, which I'm focusing on mainly in Napod Pomo, but I also do a podcast called Shattered Soulstone at ShatteredSoulstone.com. If you like the Diablo games made by Blizzard Entertainment, you might want to check out that show. If you're new to Words of Jen, for Pomo 2021, I'm going to post a podcast every day. That includes my other podcast during the month of November. What I'm doing with Words of Jen is what I call the 1997 series, where I read one piece of my journal, a handwritten journal that I had to write as part of my student teaching experience. And I share that with you here. I've taken out the names of the schools and the names of the people and shortened them to one letter. It may be a little confusing, but I think it works pretty well overall. Thursday, September 2. Today, I got the answer to the copyright question that I was wondering about for a few weeks. According to Mr. D, if a teacher goes on the internet and downloads some examples of artwork to use in class as part of visual aids, it is allowed. The reason is that if you go on the net and do not have to pay to gain access to that site, it is considered public domain. As far as he knows about, this info is correct. This is good to hear because I get many of my visual aids and resources from the internet. Now, I want to break in here to provide some context. This was 1997. We barely knew what to do with the internet. There was a lot less things you could do at that time than you could do today. Right now, if you went to, say, the website of an art museum and attempted to download some of their art and use it on something with students, you might have a copyright issue, in my opinion, because things have changed so dramatically since 1997. But in 1997, as far as the educators in the United States knew, it was totally okay to just grab pictures and use that as your visual aids right off the internet without asking permission, without having permission, without it being Creative Commons. Some of it might have been Creative Commons, but not all of it. And I don't think we really even knew about the idea of Creative Creative Commons that much in 1997. You have to remember, we were using things like the original paint program to try to make art, which is a lesson plan that I created while I was doing this part of my student teaching and the teachers at the schools thought that was incredibly amazing and innovative because no one had done it before, at least that they've seen. That's how, I don't want to say primitive the internet was, but I think that word might fit because we didn't have a lot of things. We didn't have podcasts in 1997, that's for sure. And we didn't have streaming on Twitch or wherever else you might stream. I guess YouTube, you can stream there too. I think there's something on Facebook, but anyway. And Facebook didn't exist yet. The copyright thing. The copyright thing about grab it off the net and it's yours. Go ahead, use it in your classes. And, you know, give your students the idea that it's totally okay to just grab images off the net and use them as you want. I mean, that was a terrible idea and we should not have been doing it, but we didn't know any better at the time. There wasn't... There weren't many, if any, government websites online. You couldn't go to, I don't know... 
the FCC or something and go, hey, can I use this in my class or whatever? There wasn't any resources, so we did what we could and what we thought was best, and that's how we ended up with things like that. To continue with the journal. What got accomplished today? One, I got to see slash observe slash interact with the sixth graders from L today. They are very different from the sixth graders at M. It kind of surprised me. Two, we decided I would need more than one week to do the computer lesson with the kindergarten classes. We also decided to have me write another lesson plan to do with the kindergarten classes while they are waiting to use the one computer they will have access to for this lesson. In organizing these and other lesson plans, we decided that I am about where I should be as far as lesson plans, if not ahead. Good. Actually, before I get to three, I've mentioned this a few times in previous episodes of the 1997 series for Words of Jen, but the idea was, let's use the computer, the one computer in each kindergarten classroom, to make a collaborative art project that the kindergartners would add to. Each individual kindergarten would get to add something. And while they're working on that, we needed to have them doing something else. And the something else that they ended up doing was to use Play-Doh to make little like little Play-Doh animals. They can make whatever animal they wanted. And if I remember correctly, when I started the lesson plan, I sort of taught them how to like make a little ball so you could have like a little head of an animal, like make little like log shapes. You could have little feet and stuff like that. And the kids just took it from there and they came out really cute. And also from memory, I would pull one child up and say, okay, I've got a list of your names. When you hear your name, you walk over to me and we'll do the computer thing. And they did. And so I'd be teaching a kid, okay, do you want to use a color or a shape? And they'd pick one and I'd show them how to use the original paint program to move the mouse over and it this was like a small flat square mouse that was small enough for a five-year-old to use very easily it had two buttons on the top I don't think you could scroll and they'd move it and go like okay you want a shape so go over here where to where the shapes are and click one button and they would do it and then I say which shape do you want and they'd put it in and then um, they got to do a line of various types you want a straight line or a squiggly line and it was already templated in there and so they got to do that they got to do two things and then they got to go back to making their Play-Doh art and then the next kid would come up and add to it and the artwork would change as each kid added something like maybe they put in a color and it colored over uh, maybe half the page but not well page half the little tiny window but not all of it because of what the other kids had contributed you couldn't just splash a color across everything unless you had nothing on there or almost nothing on there it was at the time it was exciting now it, it seems very very Mm, limited. Three. I got directions to the REEA meeting tomorrow. It is the first meeting of the R Elementary Educators Association. It is held at a teacher's house. It should be interesting. I've never been to one of these before. Four. We also got the janitor at C to make some screens for us to use when we do paper making. It pays to have the janitors like you. So there were a little bit of revisions in here because between saying this is what I want to do for the kindergarten lesson plan and when I'd be doing it fairly soon, I uh, you know had to actually do something other than just pull them up one by one to, to the computer and so we figured out the little Play-Doh animal thing and it worked out well. They were really happy kindergartners, all of the classes. I believe there were six classes, morning kindergarten and afternoon kindergarten at th the three different schools that Mr. D 
taught at and that I would be student teaching at. And it worked out good. They were happy little kids. They really were. They were the most fun, I think, of all of the students that I encountered pretty much ever. Kindergartners are a delight, in my opinion. So I'm going to do one more little piece of this journal from the next day. Wednesday, September 3rd. Today went by very fast. The janitor finished the three screens for us, and we got to choose a time for me to read and what to read. I get to read Weird Parents by Audrey Wood to a first grade class. I'm going to break into that. In a previous episode, I was introduced to the school librarian in, I'm not even sure which school it was right now, who asked if I would read to the students one day. We knew it would be on a Thursday, and we had to like figure out a time to make all of that work. And we didn't know what I'd be reading, but that's what was selected for me to read. So that's what I eventually did get to read, and I probably wrote something about that in this journal coming up. To continue. We finished the other evaluation for the second art books, and C School will get to keep them now. It's called the Teacher's Choice Evaluation. To break in again with that one, this school was doing something that I'd never seen a school do or heard of a school doing. Books would come in to go to the library that the students could, you know, come in and check out. And in order to keep the books, the school required two faculty, two faculty members, to read each book and essentially write a book review on it, hopefully giving it a very positive feedback or feed, uh, review or feedback, whatever it was. And this was obviously done on paper because we didn't really have a lot to that we could do with a computer in 1997. So it took two teachers. So you couldn't just have one teacher doing it all. Now, Mr. D was the only art teacher for three schools in that district. And that meant he was probably the only one that would want to read the art books or who would feel as though he could read the art books and definitely had knowledge about art in order to determine if this was a good book or not. But now he had me and I counted as faculty to my delight. I didn't think student teachers counted as faculty, but I guess I did. So we got to keep all the art books that we went to. So those kids would be able to have access to books about art in their libraries. Going back to the journal. I also got to read a copy of the picture person program handbook and learned what to wear to tea. This is another school that I had to go to. I think T was the one where I was introduced to another art teacher, a woman who was only teaching at school T, and I was to observe her at some point. So I learned what to wear. I called M, the high school, and was told to show up at noon on the first day. I intend to call back and find out what I should have accomplished by the time I arrive. I'm going to leave most of the description of that out for now because it was a high school. I was required to teach for a certain number of weeks at either an elementary school or a middle school. And then I had to also teach at either, if I pick the elementary school, then I had to teach at either a, a, a middle school or a high school, which is what those grade levels were called in the state that I was student teaching in. I'll refer to it as M the high school to differentiate from M the elementary school that I was teaching at. I attended the REEA kickoff meeting today. It was basically a get-together before they start assigning tasks. It was mostly a social gathering. I met more teachers from other schools and learned some things about retirement that no one taught me at my university. So that was interesting. I have a feeling that perhaps some of these teachers 
had been in the schools for years, but some might have been only there a couple of years. And they very, many of them very clearly thought, okay, we need to tell this new teacher what they need to do in order to have a good retirement because no one taught us and we struggled. So we're going to teach her how to do this right so she doesn't struggle. Now, I believe at the time their information was good. I didn't write it all in my journal because that wasn't the purpose of the journal. It was more of, okay, my head is full of stuff with teaching now. I will consider this stuff later when I get a break or when I'm done with student teaching and figured I'd keep it in my head. I probably lost it. There was way too much information going on between all the stuff I had to do. So there was that. But it did bring up an interesting point for me that all of my professors, and we had several professors at the university where I was uh, learning how to become a, a teacher, and art specifically so we got a lot of information about how to do different types of art and art history and what to wear when you are teaching and all these other kinds of things but beyond student teaching there was no information we were never told about what to do to get retirement we weren't told about how to join a union uh, i was in a state in the midwest that had one of the strongest teachers union in existence and i was vaguely aware of that but we weren't told how to contact someone from the union and say hey i'm about to start teaching at my brand new teaching job after finishing student teaching and i'd like to talk to you you know that kind of thing. We weren't told that. It was like it didn't exist. And again, since the computers and the internet was so limited at the time, I couldn't just go look it up and find out for my own. So we had to do word of mouth to teach other people stuff that we knew that they wouldn't find without us. So that's where I'm going to leave this one for now. And I'll come back tomorrow and I will do another episode of this because I got quite a bit of journal sitting here. It's kind of a lot. I don't know how many episodes this will make, but we'll find that out together.